Welcome to another series of Wheeling in the Years. Uh, for this podcast, I suppose we're stepping back in years. Uh, traditionally, we, we speak to guys that have recently retired or long time retired or in the twilight of their career. But um, I think the year that's in it, um, I'm joined by the player of the year this year, uh, four All-Irelands in a row, three All-Stars, three National Leagues, uh, unbeaten in Championship football, which is a remarkable statistic. So it's an honour to have Brian Fenton with me. Welcome, Fento. Wheelo, thanks a million. Um, yeah, this is certainly a, a different setting for myself and yourself. Absolutely. Um, what happened to the league final against Kerry? How, why did you lose that match? That was uh, 2017, <laughs> yeah. No, and you know what? But with all those Bad athletes. Form, like, I know, know it's it's terrible. <laughs> uh, that was the first first loss in the Dublin jersey, yeah. So it was, yeah, several. Um, but I, I think with all those accolades, Paddy Andrews always reminds me and reminds plenty of lads that I've no blue stars you know the original oh, Dublin yeah, bus yeah, I've no yeah, blue yeah, stars yeah. and he's uh, very very proud of them and oh, you're, you're, proud of the awards so I'm still trying to get one of them on a club scene Yeah, you're still only 25 but listen first of all congrats on another brilliant year in the blue jersey and, and particularly on your player of the year award which was well deserved you must at times have to pinch yourself do you? yeah I think what are we like 10 days later now 2 weeks later and it's just um, I don't know was it fully sunk in yet I remember it was the last two years ago or three years ago when I was nominated in 2016 I googled the list of X player of the years you know and just the list of names and the calibre of player and the skills you know like they're legends to me um, so but you've joined that to, yeah now. that's and you know to think now that you, your name is going to be on that list forevermore when, when in 30, 40 years time when there's some 21 year old googling the list like, like I did you know it's just it is insane to think that uh that I'll be honest, and you know whether whatever happens in my life from now on, and you know it's that little bit of history. I'm part of an ex- incredible team, and and that to have your name there on that list is. Just and like you were, you were close awesome. in 2015. A lot of people felt you were hard done by that you could have won Player of the Year in, in 2015. 16, yeah, 16, yeah, 16, yeah. 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 Um, like you must look back and you're kind of saying, well. I'm unbeaten in championship football. Like, could you have ever dreamt of that to be sitting here in this position? No, no. Um, and I was, I was saying, one of my mates just slagged me recently. You could play a drinking game with the amount of times I say special in interviews because I literally, over the last couple of weeks, since we won the All Ireland, all I seem to say is special. So I must get the, the source out and get a we few count more words. This yeah, 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 yeah. But um, yeah, look, it's it's insane to think. You know what? Obviously nominated in 16 and that was unbelievable and you know I was probably I remember being uh, voted the RTE pundits the RTE Sunday game player of the year yeah and you, but you were, on the night 15 you're a man of the match so you're a man of the match 15 nearly football of the year in 16 yeah nominated yeah, yeah. yeah and I remember thinking you know I was like when Lee won it I was sort of obviously you're disappointed because you're so close to that such an incredible award but I was sort of um, happy in a way because I didn't want you know say the peak of your career in, in many terms to come so quickly you know I wanted to you know be consistent over a number of years I didn't what my fear was that I'd win it and then you know you'd sort of fall away and you might not start the following year and that's sort of crack so I was happy in a way you know you're disappointed as I said you're disappointed not to win it obviously in 2016 it left but a bar still yeah, there exactly exactly yeah. exactly yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. yeah so and then to win it this year to, you know just to be obviously as you said three all-stars and it's not don't get me wrong it's nothing as players that you dream, you dream of climbing the steps of the Hogan as a Dublin mm. footballer, and that's always the goal. But to think you've, I've had three out of the last four years where I've team of the year, and just to be known as 
a consistent performer, I think, yeah. is is well, the most it, I, humbling. Uh, I think you've know, certainly done that. Yeah, so well, let's let's go let's go Sorry, back yeah. let's go back to the start, right? If we go back to the, the very start, you know, growing up obviously in Rohini, um, you were brought down to Rohini J Club. You were from a sporting family, dad from mm -hmm. Kerry, uh, your mother big into the swimming. Yeah. You know, what was a normal childhood week like in, in the Fenton household? Yeah, I was quite recently, like, I was never, unfortunately, I was uh, I was very envious of my mates, but I was never allowed to have, a, like, a PlayStation or anything like that, so uh, I always wanted one, uh, but was never allowed to have one, because we were just so busy, everyone was out and about, mom was coaching swimming at the time, and heavily involved in swimming clubs, dad was still working at the time, and just, you know, every evening after every school day was just doing something, I was constantly slagged for you know, whether you know, it was everything. It wasn't just sports. It was music. I went to guitar lessons. You've done dancing. I was dancing as well. So that's what I was going to get. To. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for seeing my joke. But yeah, I was... Uh, I remember, yeah, any good oh, at it? I think there's still a video of it somewhere. Please, hopefully oh, nobody cool, resurfaces really. it. But uh, yeah, it was, you know, the girls were in Irish dancing. So uh, I was brought along. And, you know, I was the youngest. So I didn't have much of a say. And... I was just, you know, it was the evening a week where I was doing nothing, so I had no choice but to, to go. Are any good at the dancing? Like. <clears throat> Tell you, if the, if the football didn't go well, I would have been the next Michael Flatley. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, it was just one of those. I remember doing a show on the Gaiety and the whole lot, like, you know, it was full on. But, uh, no, look, it's, uh, you know, like, as you say, there was, there was Gaelic on a Tuesday and a Thursday. You know, even when you're younger, it's Gaelic one day a week, soccer one day a week matches at the weekend matches Saturday Sunday and that was that was my enjoyment and then the rest of the evenings we weren't allowed to sit at home so it was you were swimming you, you were, were dancing active, you, were, you, were, you were playing an instrument you were you know and that's that's across many families and it's something that you know I hope to you know whenever the day comes that I have a few kids of my own that you know you just get them involved in everything and anything the skills you can learn from all those different things are, are you know accumulate to well, one, of, one, of, one of my objectives for 2019 now mm -hmm. would be to get source that video of the Irish dancers <laughs> but uh, you uh, you went you went you were a very strong swimmer though You'd yeah, yeah that, yes, was, so that was your it was Gaelic football and swimming yeah, two yeah. sports probably yeah Gaelic football I was a good soccer player as well probably you know played in a tournament called the Kennedy Cup which is under 13 it's uh, sort of a divisional tournament and you know the scouts come over from United and all this sort of crack but um, yeah so it was good generally just you know just thrived in that you know competitive environment and uh swimming good at swimming uh not that i train you know swimmers i see now like i coached with swimming in my college years as well and the, the training that goes into swimming and those individual sports is just you know they're up it's eight nine sessions a week. Scale, yeah, yeah. so luckily our club we didn't do morning sessions so everyone always asked you were you up before school luckily i wasn't but we swam uh and the girls were very good very successful a sister mine went to the junior olympics uh you know so that was that was great honor for our family but it was something i you know i i enjoyed the, the gala and the competitive setting i just hated the the training the, the slog of up and down the pool for two and a half hours an evening when i could have been at home playing football you know or it was it, kind it, of a lonely sport yeah it, it is very much so because you know there's lots of people in the pool but you're left with your own thoughts for a lot of the time and mm. you know you often find that swimmers are very intelligent people because they're just <laughs> they're thinking of maybe the school work that they've done that day they, you know they're not chatting or having the crack so they're just up and down relentlessly so um but yeah was look was was lucky enough to be good at swimming and and you know swam till i was about under 14 and then when push came to shove then with soccer and gaelic and all the days and the increase in training load that it was always going to be Gaelic. You know? and, and at what point were you leaning towards the Gaelic? You were obviously an integral part of the juvenile section in Rohini GA yeah. Club. So what are your first memories of 
wearing the Rohini jersey. Yeah, um, it was probably, we, we call it Rohini, you're obviously a Rohini man as well, but we call it the Ogre in Rohini, which is, you know, the nursery mm. and lots of other clubs. Uh, and it was just, you know, a case of down there on a Saturday morning, do you remember Frank Welsh? Yeah, Frank, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, he was yeah. he was the, the first He was of, driving the... He, yeah, he was the first Ogre oh, coach. And uh, then, you know, you're it's just a case, you're... you're you go to school with these lads, you're four or five, and then you are you go to Yoga on a Saturday morning, you might play a bit of soccer on a Sunday morning. So that was my first memory of Rohini, just down in the Ogre, uh, in at the back of the school there in Scholassum, uh, down in St. Anne's, uh, Easter camps, summer camps, you know, the, the maroon and white. And, uh, and look, we've facilities have built now since, but uh, yeah, it was just... just like just general so you know you didn't you didn't think much of it you know you didn't plan anything yeah. but it's just your thrown in but what people what people don't probably realize is i suppose rohini was a club trying to i suppose fight above its weight and yeah. get teams into top division but you were part of a special enough team that yeah. you know you you took off from you know i don't know whether your first competitively is the goal games might have been around them were they still no, no, no i think they were newer, you, you yeah. were kind of straight straight into competitive were, stuff yeah, at under, under 10 yeah. but you hit the ground running and you were one of the yeah, one of the strongest teams. I, I you look, yeah, you look at it now. We we competed just to give a brief history. We would have won when it all went all Dublin. We would have won an under fourteen championship. We would have won an under sixteen championship, and probably I know who won a Castle Knock won a minor championship, and that was sickening for me because Mister Kilkenny won that one. But um, but yeah, we were part of a very very successful underage team, and it was as you say, it's probably punching above our weight in Rohini. Um, now there's great work being done there but at the time it was you know we were division 2 footballers and hurlers division 3 footballers and hurlers and our age group we were just very successful we had a good crop of talented lads who and but I think you know we were very talented but I think a lot of it was down to the management we had at the time there was four mentors went on every trip with us and you know those four lads had a huge part to play in that successful group and the player that I am you went a number of years unbeaten though yeah yeah we went similar to your senior career yeah (laughs) Uh, we went from eights to fifteens, I think, just unbeaten. Every every league game and every championship match that was of the time, we just went unbeaten. You know, we had we were lucky. Uh, one of our players, Gavin Ivory, was involved in Belvedere Soccer Club, and his father Pat was our GA manager. So I think Pat was more poaching soccer players than than you know allowing Gav to play to play soccer. <laughs> he was taking you know. So we got some players like John O'Sullivan, who's over in the UK, yeah, now yeah, playing John, England. I remember John playing CJ, CJ um, Heaps came up. You know, we took a, a couple of lads from that. Belvedere soccer team were obviously very talented and we brought them up on the Saturday mornings to play Gaelic and we had a great team and we had some great days and great memories and that that just gave me the hunger for success and winning and and just being a Gaelic footballer really. And I remember you at that time obviously I was playing I would have been playing with Dublin you where you weren't you didn't I suppose high behind the couch and telling people how good you were as kids around <laughs> oh, yeah, the club. Yeah, she didn't. No. <laughs> no, we were barred from the clubhouse many a time. Yeah, you were barred, weren't you? We destroyed a, a pool table one day. We were up there, but it was, you know, it was just. Because we're known as like, the yeah, arrogant little shits yeah, that are yeah, that, 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 yeah. unbeaten, yeah. <laughs> and we, we loved it as well because, yeah, we were just, nobody could fault us. Um, but yeah, we were look, looking back in it now, they were great days, but. But you were well. You were also well known throughout the club that there was, you know, this this special team. You know yeah. what I mean? And, yeah. And that filtered yeah. through the I remember, team. Yeah. And we were lucky enough to win an under fourteen fe- Dublin Division One failure, and we went on to the All Ireland, got the All Ireland failure final. I remember you coming down to watch yeah. us, and that you know there was whispers on the buses. We, I think we passed you going into the stadium or something in Leitrim. Yeah. Think, yeah. And I yeah. think you had just had Jamie, your son, at the time, and Jamie's with you. And um, I think it was just you know we were like whispers and I was like Jesus Wheelow's down to watch us like you know Wheelow's down you know you were a young man then <laughs> but, but, but it, what's important yeah. there is that like even going back to that time and I remember you as a kid 
you weren't the biggest in the world. No, yeah. You know, you're, was, you're, yeah. you're very talented yeah, footballer. Yeah, yeah. But, Certainly not the but, player I am now. No, no, no. no. And, and like, did that, was that something that was on your mind, conscious? You know, you're an average size yeah, footballer, yeah, but you're yeah, a very, yeah. very talented yeah, footballer I mean, at the time. And you, you hear a lot of kids kind of, you know, the age develop. of 12, 13, yeah. 14, and they're worried yeah. about their size and that sort of stuff. Absolutely, you know? yeah. Yeah, it was some, I probably wasn't worried at the time because I was still, you know, maybe one of the better players on the team. But it all came to a very a, a serious reality check in, at minor, around seven, 16, 17, 18, mm. when I hadn't developed, as you say. You look at 16-year-olds now, and they're all in the gym. They're all educated. Mm. But I hadn't just grown. I was still small and skinny, and, you know, I just hadn't grown, you know, as a midfielder. I want to play midfield, but I just didn't have the physique for it. And I remember being moved out of position for a club for a club game. I was like, jeez, this was like, you know, this is a disaster you know nothing has happened going right for me and that was probably the beginning of maybe a bit of a downturn in my you know up to that point with a very successful Heaney team and on the 13-14 development squads everything was going the right direction and I think after that then it was probably the first sort of dip in you know jeez this might not happen for me you know the only but, dip yeah. you've had <laughs> now there's a few more <laughs> a few more to, a few more in the story yeah but but at that point, obviously, did you make the development squads, Dublin? You made the development squads. So yeah, so uh, it would have been on uh, Noel McCaffrey's under thirteens and fourteens, uh, and I think there was every year fifteens and sixteen. Then I'm not sure how it quite worked. There was Dublin North, South, and West or something at yeah. the time. Desi was over in the West. Noel was with us in the North, and I think it went all Dublin around sixteen, seventeen, just going into minor, which was eighteen at the time. And we all went in, and I was just too small. It wasn't good enough, and that was you know. The reality of it, I probably wanted to believe I Come was. Come back on that though. Sorry, yeah. wasn't was it that you weren't good enough, or that size went against you? Uh, in uh, your opinion, because you were time, always a very talented. Yeah, footballer. yeah, yeah. At the at the time, um, I, I I tricked myself to think it was size. You know, I, I wanted to be a midfielder, and I just wasn't as big as the other lads. Mm. And I was like, okay, I can take some you know, solace in that, but. Um, but no, I just, you know, look back, I just wasn't good enough. I was on, you know, there was maybe about 40 players in those squads and I was always on, say, the B team. You know, I just, you know, I was probably learned myself into a false reality. Like, I just wasn't good enough. And that came afterwards when I was just eventually told, you know, I was dropped. I was, you know, I, was, I met Norman McCaffrey on a walk and along the coast there in Rohini. He texted me and said, come on out. And uh, I met him and he just had brought the message to say that just minor football wasn't, wasn't for me, you know, at that time. And... That was when that that was when you'd hit the under six your real route under sixteen or first year minor at that point. Yeah, so I'm uh, so yeah I'm out at under seventeen. Just 17, I'd say yeah. at the turn of the year going into the minor year. So who, just cut down. Uh, yeah. So that in any footballer's mind is is a devastating blow, particularly being a six, 16 year old who had ambitions, who yeah. was prominent in one of the best teams grown all the yeah. way up. Yeah. Uh, and you're seeing some of your teammates. Are, are still in the squad mm-hmm. and they go on to, to to play minor. What kept you going through that period? Yeah, it's funny I've been asked that. Like, and I, I'm not quite sure. There was no, I'm, I don't know. It was just probably built into me that no matter what, I was going to play with Dublin. And you know, obviously, I had no control over where I, you know, I might go to college and live elsewhere. And but at the time, I was like, you know, all right, it's not happening for me now. But it never, it never blurred my vision of me following the Artain band in Crow Park. Do you know what I mean? It, it, mm. You know, it was obviously devastating at the time. And as you say, there was, was still there. There was, there was, yeah, exactly. But getting back to that particular point in time, uh, you'd been through minor. Mm-hmm. And then injury set in after that. 
Yeah. And you went through a bad run of of injuries at a, at, yeah. a, at a crucial stage of your career as well. Yeah. What exactly happened? How did they come about? Or so I think were you coming into the Rahini senior yeah. manager role at the time? Yeah. And and yeah in the first year you were. Yeah. First year and a half yeah, you were. Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. So, and obviously you coming in, I was like, right here, you know, good manager and you know, someone I respect. Obviously look up to, and you know, you know, might get me back on track. But I went in playing college football. Uh, and I suppose the year minor, I don't know, I took a bit of a growth spurt at that stage. Yeah. And maybe it was, you know, just the, <laughs> the loose limbs or whatever it was, but I took, uh, yeah, I had an injury, a bad injury playing college football with UCD where I dislocated my patella, my kneecap, and came back, was sort of, you know, a potential candidate for surgery, but the surgeon said no, open sanitary. And then I came, I played that summer with a big brace. I mean, you'll see me, you'll see pictures of me in 19, that would have been 2012, 2013. And I'm playing the second team in Rohini, like, you know. I'm, you know I remember it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah. I have a big knee brace and, you know, I'm, you know, I'm turning into this sort of taller, gangly player, mm. which I probably still am. But, you know, I'm turning into, I'm sort of growing physically, developing physically, but I'm still down, you know. I just, mm. you know, I'm not, there's no nothing glamorous about it. I'm playing AFL eight or nine and, you know, that's, yeah. it's, it's, it's light years away from where I had envisaged myself to be. That's what um, I mean. You were probably yeah. at that kind of, like, you'd come out of minor and it yeah. takes, it takes, a while to adapt to senior football yeah. or adult football yeah. but the minute you came out of mine you, you picked up that injury and it kind of yeah. it set you back big time yeah. so you were taking growth sport and you still had like we, you still had that ability that, that raw ability was still there you had a ball skills but you just weren't yeah. getting a good run at it exactly yeah potentially yeah and I, just that desire never uh, wavered like you know yeah. it no matter what I was just you know, and you, you hear people speak now, it's like it was all part of the journey. I didn't realise that at the time, but looking back on it, it must have been. Did, did you, you know, ever feel that the journey was coming to an end? Yeah, potentially. You know, I'd, you know, maybe in my leaving certain years, uh, you know, going into college, like, well, you, did, you know, physiotherapy, this could take me anywhere in the world. Like, you know, I could study, yeah. I could work in the States, I could work in Australia. Maybe Dublin football isn't, that was the only time ever where I was like, okay, this is real life here. You know, yeah. you know, I might not live in Rohini and work Rohini and play with Dublin there was one the one particular point I think when you had uh, you, you'd done the trip to the States for the summer yeah yeah and, true yeah and uh, you returned and y- your fitness levels obviously wouldn't have been that <laughs> yeah. high you'd been out injured with the yeah. knee and I, I I always recall one particular conversation um, you were f- you were look heading for a work placement in the physio yeah correct yeah, a 16 week block yeah, yeah, yeah you'd literally been out of football probably for mm-hmm. over a year mm-hmm. I think I was heading uh, to Cork or something yeah, on placements yeah yeah, 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 yeah. and uh, we were t- the train t- I, I was I was hoping that you were going to get come back and get back fit mm-hmm. and you came to me saying you were thinking about a work placement in Cork yeah and I distinctly remember in St. Anne's that morning thinking to myself his he's he's beginning to throw on the table. Really? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You've never you've never told yeah, me that. I've never told before, you. But no. yeah, I, 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 you're probably I, right. I was genuinely yeah. worried you're, for you that morning. You're probably right. And yeah. we were training. Uh, I was training the lads at six o'clock in the yeah, morning. No, it wasn't t- for me. So so to cut out all the yeah. excuses, the only way you could get a senior yeah, yeah. football team out. And I remember you having a go at me saying that you know that you had to go into college afterwards. And how would you get through the day? College <laughs> was right. <laughs> and I, was I like, says to you, I says, well, like if yeah. Jim Gavin gave you the phone call, you know yeah. what I mean? Would you, would you say the same thing? Yeah. I remember having that conversation. But I was genuinely fearful at that point that all I could see was the brace on your knee. Mm-hmm. You'd mm-hmm. been out for a long time. Yeah. I knew the talent you had. Yeah. And I felt the, t- the towels on the shoulder. Is he going to throw in the towel? Yeah, potentially. You know, and I don't know what happened. I think probably just um, my own circumstances at home and, mm. you know, just I was going, I was heading for a placement in Cork 
and things happened at home and I had to stay around yeah, Dublin. And that's you know, what so, was, so that, that was that was time your yeah. mother was. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. She was, was she, was she the reason you stayed? You didn't go to Cork. She was the reason I didn't go to Cork. Yeah, absolutely. So I was I was booked in for a placement in Cork for UCD for School of Physiotherapy, uh, and you sort of you well you have a choice, but you don't have a choice. You know, once it's picked, you're you know you're to go there and you're to mm. you know put yourself up and you know look after yourself. So, uh, and then you know things started happening at home, and I had to stay in Dublin. You know, things it was sort of crisis and emergency, mm. and and probably that was in a way you know kept me around Dublin, kept me training with Rahini. I had the knee surgery, so the brace was coming off. I was getting back. I was developing physically. And in a way, everything was seemed to be aligning at that stage for me to eventually get called into Dublin 21s. And at that point, you know, regrettably, your mother, Marion, passed yeah. away, and she was a huge influence. I remember your mother on the side of the pool in DCU every time we went back there for recovery training. And I met her, I met her after every game. She was there every Sunday evening. You know, that was obviously a significant point in part of your life as well you know your mother passing away so a close link between yourself and your sisters and your dad and all that came at the same time yeah yeah it is and it's something i still you know i'd probably talk about but i struggle talking about is that whole episode and yeah she you know she was sick for a number of years but um yeah i, I don't know it was just that uh, in a way it sort of all brought us together it made me sort of realize how you know how cliche but how precious life is mm. and that you know here was me i'd been to the states and you know i'd you know, i was in college and i was living a great life and football was probably wavering a little bit and and uh yeah you know it's just mom always had that sort of voice to pursue sport and pursue excellence and and she unfortunately passed away at the end of 2013 and just how the story falls i was called into into desi's 21s that you know that winter uh that january so she just missed the beginning of but you know was, where we was, are now it was her you legacy know. that inspired yeah, oh, absolutely no doubt she was the yeah yeah so you know she's the type of woman that um you know would have come on school trips you know you know the way in school trips in primary school they asked for a parent to go along just to, yeah and she was always just there complimenting encouraging uh you know driving you on to to just be better uh and you know dad was very much more relaxed and you know was working so but she was always there and you know what are we doing tonight swimming football whatever it was uh she was that voice and that uh inspiration to just really improve i don't yeah. know and, and as you say at, at that time the 21 call up came and i i suppose it probably something probably you don't know either but i i, I, I be, 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 being involved in in senior management in dublin you do get phone calls in relation mm -hmm. to various players in the club and the, i remember getting a phone call from declan darcy at the time and he asked me about a few lads around rohini mm -hmm. but i said you were the one guy that if if, if you got, if we got fit and you got a good run injury free that you had the potential because all the ball yeah. skills were there i don't know i'm gonna um, call you out there he's told me this story since has he? and uh and his memory of that phone call was you were like yeah yeah no he's talented but it's a bit soft, like I think. <laughs> but you were after uh, telling me you were going to court. That's how he tells the story. He's like, "Here's Wheelow, my club manager, meant to be building me up. Come on, Wheelow, give me a, a, a boost bit, here." I was building you up, but and, you, uh, you, you admitted that at that point you were like, "Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you know," and you were right. You were right. Yeah, you know, yeah. You need, you need it. You need it. Heard that story point. since I must call you out, but no better place to do it now than on this. Perfect. Um, but UCD came at the same time. Yeah, yeah, and UCD, and, and yeah. that you know, a combination of. The 21s, getting that experience in 21s, absolutely, and then going into uh, UCD because yeah. all of a sudden I remember you're looking at the college reports and I saw you appearing at 
wing forward. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. then there was then it was wing forward and a point and wing mm-hmm. forward and two points and you were getting consistently into the team. That must that gave you that confidence back again, didn't it? Absolutely. And any sort of young eighteen year old, nineteen year old that I meet now is I always encourage them to to you know, not get into a good college obviously, but it depends on lots of different things. But if you can play Sigerson football or the Freshers football or anything like that, I think for me, looking back at it, that gave me such a platform to to play against some of the top players in the country at the time. Uh, I'd gone through injury, I'd had my surgery, I'd come back, sniffing around the Dublin 21s, and the college football gave me that bit of, as you say... You know, Put you in the shop up, window, yeah, big time. Yeah. Put you in the shop window, exactly. Mm-hmm. I was starting, I was clipping in with a score here and there, I was playing with great players, playing with Jack, the likes of John Heston and Westmead, and I was playing against even better players, you know, the like mm-hmm. down in UCC, up in Jordanstown, some of the best in the country, established names. And that just gave me just a comparison to see to see, you know, geez, I can I can compete against these fellas and, you know, I can, you know, do well against them and, you know, maybe break even or even beat them. So that was a great confidence booster. It developed me no end. Uh, and uh, luckily, you know, that ended. I played two Sigerson weekends with UCD. The, the year I left UCD, they won the feckin' Sigerson. So uh, <laughs> they must have been, they, they call it the, well, Jacks McCaffrey always tells me about the Fenton curse. Like, you know, once I left, they, <laughs> they won about two in three years or something. But... Never had a six medal, but it was the playing six foot, playing college football, working very closely with the likes of Dave Billings and Brian Mullins that yeah. uh, really developed me on, and that rolled into the the twenty ones. Yeah, uh, and D- Dave Billings was always a great man to, I suppose, put an arm around a guy that was coming from a, I suppose, not as prominent club or not yeah. a prominent background or somebody that he knew need to be built 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 up really, didn't he? Yeah, you, you hear stories about Dave how he, not you know, people think it's like, oh, geez, they helped him out with exams or something, delayed the exam, but. Dave did so much more than that in UCD. He was that father figure, uh, and a lot of people just hear stories about him. But I was lucky enough to to get to know him a bit. And you'd, I, I remember spending one evening with him, cycling home from UCD. I had cycled, which was a rarity as well. I was probably trying to get fit, as you say, <laughs> <laughs> needed it. But I remember, you know, we just left, seemed to leave UCD at the same time. And I remember cycling home with him, and just his knowledge of football, general chat, the way he just chatted to you the bit of crack on the bike like he was a special special character so uh, a great man and looked after me very well as you said just put the arm around me little bits I remember him saying mad stuff like you know you don't have to catch every ball you can flick a ball on stuff that you'd never yeah, thought yeah. about or you know as a midfielder wing forward that sort of so just had an eye for for detail and an eye for developing lads and uh, yeah I was very lucky to, to know so yeah. then the 21 success came which that put you on the platform yeah. in the intercounty county jersey, yeah, we're back then, yeah. And and you go back three years when you've been, you were that kind of bittersweet guy in the minors, yeah. And now yeah. all of a sudden you're, you've you've taken over everybody, yeah, yeah. And you're and you're the, you're the prominent one, yeah. It was a, it was a mad year, yeah. Because as I said, it was that, you know, mom had passed away in just December two thousand thirteen, and the twenty ones at the time was a, I say a, a February to May yeah, competition, yes, yeah. So yeah. It, was, it was still raw at that time, exactly, yeah. And I remember going back training same month the week mom died and Desi asked me you know are you sure and you know I just obviously what was I going to do except mope around the house so um, so Desi was very good to me at the time but yeah I just I was I was playing well with UCD I was comparing myself with the likes of say Paddy O'Higgins who would have been my Rohini man playing midfield who I played we started the under 21 final together Emlo Canelo was there Shane Carter from Marnogan you know good established minor footballers and 21s footballers for the last few years I was like, you know, I'm competing with these boys. I'm as good as these. And that had come from the confidence of college football. And yeah, I remember having a conversation with Desi. You know, I was coming up to it. We played the Leinster final. 
coming up to a semi-final and I had a conversation with Desi I was like Desi I'm not happy here you know I hadn't got a game in the Leinster final and I was just you know pissed off I suppose uh, so I remember saying to him look Desi you know you're not know, giving me nothing here I, I, I think I'm maybe I was wrong but I think I'm you know I deserve a few minutes or a subs roll or something uh, and that the following week uh, I remember I missed a session because I went to a college ball uh, and Desi rang me the next day. He's like, "Do you like what's the story? Like, do you, you're, you're after talking to me last week. Do you want to? Do you want this?" And I was like, "Desi, you know, I was like, of course I want this, but I'm just, you know, it was a yeah, it was a mature sort of conversation that you know, it probably he called you out a bit, did he? Yeah, he called me out, and I maybe I called him out as well. You know, I mean, yeah. might have called him out for you know not starting me and you know thinking I was maybe better than I was, but but together anyway, the semi final against Cavan came up in Breffney Park and. Uh, I remember the day we were wearing black AIG jerseys. We thought we were the All Blacks. They were deadly. So yeah. have it today. But, um, but yeah, I started midfield that day with Paddy O'Higgins, my club mate. I played well. Two weeks later, it was the All Ireland final against Ross Common in Tullamore. Played well, and all of a sudden you have an All Ireland medal. You know, as a 21 year old, and you're just thinking, this is after you know, not after everything, but no, but a while. We're all across for a few years. Yeah, and yeah, your mother passing exactly. And just and, yeah. after after everything. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah that you're just you know you've an all-earned medal and i remember sitting in the clubhouse in rohini just you know t- three of the lads four of us four rohini lads and we all had all learned medals and it's just mm. you know albeit fellas you fellas you had played with yeah all the yeah up, you yeah. know and yeah. it's just players like the yeah. likes of jack and who are who are already senior stars yeah jack yeah, yeah. kieran did his cruise that year he missed that year but you know it was just yeah and that you'd see a lot of in the 21 year olds and that maybe that's their peak and they drift off and life takes over and they don't, you know, they're, they're, they're content with that sort of level. But that only gave me a taste of, of what I wanted. And it, yeah, it was just a lovely, let's go, let, like, give me more. Like, you know, so when, when did the Jim Gavin call come? I remember playing um, under 20, was it under 21? We were playing under 21 at the club. I'm pretty sure you were the manager again. Maybe that was your last year. Uh, playing under 21 with the club. This is to say the winter after the under 21s. Maybe you were gone. No, I was gone. So, maybe, so gone. this was December, November, December 2014. And uh, and I was, I, I, I hate to say it, but uh, yeah, I was going up. It was the end of, it was the last game. It was the last game of that competition. And obviously there was Just a, before there was, Christmas. There was a night out planned and, you know, all yeah. the Rahini lads were coming to my house and I was the host and I was, you know, trying to get everything in order and all all bits that we needed in the house and stuff and uh i got a call from this random number and it's you know it's hello brian it's jim gavin here you know it's just uh you know and it's something that i wanted obviously and i was yeah. like maybe you know maybe maybe it's gonna come but when he you know when he, you know it's so <laughs> cringy it's like when you hear his voice like, you know it's like yeah look it was uh when you, you know, when you get that call and the lads were only after being beaten by Donegal, say at the senior level 2014 so I wasn't expecting it you know I was giving him obviously time off but I was like maybe I'm there and he called me in for he said look come on in we have a a charity game up the north uh, up in Belfast and come in and play that and look we'll see how it goes and get get into the gym and get training and obviously you have a long way to go then but and how how did you find those first few weeks that walking into that environment yeah, like it's it's a question we often get asked. It's like you know, it's intimidating, and you know, I think there was a lot of uh, a lot of uh, disappointment from the 2014 result and the loss in the semi final. So you could sense that, uh, but you could also sense that the, uh, you know, that disappointment was based on a standard that they had it all set. You know, you're going into a dress room full of players of the year and you know all stars mm. and all our little medal winners, and you, you know, but uh, you couldn't. Uh, 
fault them. You know, they were all the most friendly, approachable lads, all of them. And that's something that I'd like to think now that if any young player came in, that I would be that, mm. you know, approachable person and, you know, that you could ask questions and buzz off. So they were just a great bunch of lads. But I remember we were training the league. I stayed on for the league panel next year and all the big guns were back training, you know, Bernard Brogan and them. And we were doing a drill where I was, say, up ahead of Bernard and he was he had a ball in his hands. So he had to call me to spin, collect the ball, and I had to run on in and kick a score. And whatever it was, I had spun around before he had, you know, before the whistle went or something. So I was looking at him, and I could see him being like, lads, what's his name? What's his name? You know, he was going to, <laughs> you know, I was like, here we are, you know. I remember looking, I just caught him saying, what the fuck name? Like, you know, <laughs> he was just saying. So this was, you know, I was a nobody, like, you know, I was yeah, a nobody, yeah, no, yeah. you know, nobody had heard of me, and, but just, you know, things were coming right, and... I don't know, I just, things went well for me in training. I avoided injuries. I was in and around the panel. I was in and around match day panel. I was getting on as a sub down in Cork and Kerry. And then I, I started a league game against Monaghan and Clonus. And I've started every game since. And that's the funny, you know, you started that last game of the league, I think, was it that, that year? You got a goal, I think, that day. You know, did you envisage that you were going to be man of the match in the Ireland final? No, <laughs> certainly not. It's easy to talk to Jack. We did. A brilliant conversation. Jack reminds me of this very. He tells it very well. But Jack used to give me lifts up to training because I was like, Jack, I need you. Like you know, walk me into training. Like you know, I was just yeah. hold my hand. <laughs> um, but uh, Jack, I was like, Jack, when? What time of the year here does is the gear given out? Like, you know, I was like, how long do I have to last to get the BF on the the Dublin top? Like you know, that was my that was my mindset. Like I was like, let's just last. And obviously, it was a you know the tradition would be maybe get in and do it two or three years and learn the trade like and you know, pipe down like keep quiet but uh you know get in help out and uh but yeah i, I don't know i'd never envisaged you know even i was like jeez it's the end of the league we're just around the corner from the championship maybe if i'm in and around the might be a sub might get to crow park you know these were yeah. the so get onto the coattails exactly exactly just hang on and into the league league semi-final against Monaghan a week later a league final against cork that year uh, and you know, here I am starting championship 2015, my first year against Longford and I scored the first point. You know, it's just yeah. it's insane to think back on, and uh, and gladly, uh, luckily, things have things have gone well since. You know, and as that year progressed, and as you know, Dublin won easy in the Leinster Championship, and people probably were you know were saying there was bigger tests ahead. Do you yeah. know when you got to Mayo all in yeah, semi final, yeah. and you're up against a few of the establishment exactly. failures, and then the final, but you know. It didn't phase you. Yeah, I don't what, know. What, what was your thought process going into? Like one thing that struck me when when I watched you play in the first year is that it was kind of it was it was simple, stupid. If you know what I mean, you, you done everything, you done all the basics well, and you didn't know you didn't you just kept possession of the ball. You got it. You very seldom get, gave it away. So you don't anymore. But you just eased yourself into yeah. the panel. But what was? Did, what was your thought process? Was there any psychological preparation? Did you talk to anybody outside the camp? Was it off within the camp? Or was it just something that you were conscious of that you just wanted to build into the team? Yeah. Or did it just come like a hurricane? I mean, yeah, it was, it was probably just, you look at Jack McCaffrey now, and he's just, Jack plays with such a freedom and a happiness, you know, and a lot of players are like, what am I doing? Where am I moving? What am I, you know, what am I doing wrong? Like, but, and I think my first year, it was a bit like, I was just, you know, thrown cost to the wind. I think there was nothing specifically that, I was, you know, I was obviously keep it simple because mistakes draw attention and you're whipped off and you're 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 never seen again. So keep it simple. Work my get, got great advice off the lads like Kieran Kenny who was like, just have your first play as a hand pass. You know, then you're in the game. Like just mm. 
just start easy. Just hand pass the ball, and then you're in. Then you have a touch. Do, then do you a know, few simple things. You're really get sure the game. nerves are gone. Then you know, do simple. Start simple. Uh, and then you know, it was nothing. I was just obviously it was constant. You know, at the business end of the season, the newbies obviously going to be turfed aside for you know the likes of Michael Dar, Bassi, or whoever was in there at the time. Um, so I was very conscious of I need to maintain my performance here, whether it's, you know, we didn't wear a GPS at the time, but whether it was, you know, tackling or, you know, you know stopping a man. The, the stats, the performance yeah, analysis. The stats, exactly. That they'd be looking the, yeah, at, yeah, you know, not scores. I wasn't going for headlines, but I was yeah. like, make me undroppable in other ways. You know, like make me, geez, he had, you know, eight, nine tackles there today. You know, stuff that people, you watch a game and it's, you know, people remember high field and goals yeah. and scores. You're only seeing stuff to the manager. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, I can have an impact on that sort of stuff. So, and that's, that's stood to me today. That's why, you know, I don't, mm. you know, obviously score a bit more this year, but, you know, you, you never, you, you want to graft, I think, as a midfielder and you want to dispossess mm. and tackle and, you know, if you pop up with a score, even better, mm. I think. So, 2015, All-Ireland champion, senior All-Ireland champion, man of the match in All-Ireland final. I remember talking to you in, I suppose the days after that you you were like someone that was in a state of shock yeah during the headlights <laughs> yeah, I was just like just having you know I talked through it there my, just to think back on my mindset at the start of the year and where I'd gone to and you know man the match all Ireland final against Kerry dad is Kerry you know oh, mom had missed it all the family are there you know, it's the first All Ireland for a club in in a f- you know in a few years, and it's just you're thinking of everything the whole mm. journey, and it's you know it's all accumulated to that. I think it was I got the first score in that All Ireland final again. You know, just the smallest things, how how just life is like you know, and how just b- bits of luck go your way, and how the rub of yeah. the green. But yeah, look, it was uh, it was something that I was constantly you know, I'd, but it's amazing because I got to that level, but I still there's something in me that I was just like get better like you know let's get better let's get better and yeah. it's probably the environment that i was in and the players around me and you know the, the standards that they how, how influential is your dad on the whole thing like he's a passionate <laughs> carry man how would yeah yeah how did he deal exactly. with this split of emotion? yeah this week he's told me that he's 50 years out of Kerry. so he came to he went he was a guard went to Templemore and um as a 19 year old or 18 19 year old and he's 50 years in dublin and he's still as like traditional old school Kerry man, like you know, has never worn, has never even entertained the idea of sporting Dublin. Like, well, it's you know, it's it's <laughs> ne- it's a, it's it's not an he's not like uh, aggressive about it, but it's just a bit of crack, I think, in the house. It's a bit of crack. Yeah. We'd have a chat about it. He's always running me through league games and Kerry and results and Kerry and club teams and the league standing. And you know, he's just I don't know. He hasn't bought into the the Dublin. Yeah. Bulls, the Dublin <laughs> bubble. Um, but it, the, in terms of influence, he himself, between himself and Mam, are just, you know, like obviously the likes yourself or player idols, Daryl Shea, you know, Dublin players. But people are incredibly influenced by their parents and the mm. standards that, that they set. And I just had two wonderful people at, at home and, you know, weren't filling me with airs or graces. And I saw that, you know, a couple of players that I would have known were probably going home to geez, you're a great fella and you're fantastic in this sport. And where I wasn't, you know, I was always a... Did you, you know, get did you get raw honest feedback? Yeah, like, after? you know, I was all, a, like was, all the way up. Yeah, yeah, all the way up. Yeah, you, you might have played a league game, you might have done well, you scored a couple of points, but you might have given one ball away and you're, <laughs> in the drive home, you're reminded of that, like, you know, in the car. But um, but it was always in a, in a not a negative way. Yeah, it was, thankfully, yeah. it was an always... Encouraging way, yeah. Encouraging way. And, uh, yeah. and geez, but the influence Dad had had from buying me the first set of boots to... 
you know, sitting in the Hogan. And you know where they are. And it's, <clears throat> it's amazing because in Crow Park, there's the, the different sections of Dublin fans. I think, you know, you know where you're, you know where, say, the season ticket holders are over in the Cusick stand where they're the regulars and they're, you know, the, the, the league goers, all them everyday fans. And then you've uh, obviously the, the Hill 16 crowd who are, you know, bring such a buzz and colour and everything. And then there's a section around by the Hogan where all your family is. And, you know, yeah. just to, it's amazing as you do a parade around Crow Park. You know, the, the different dynamics. Sections. Yeah, you know, the Canal Islands, maybe where families are, the family ticket. Yeah. Um, but you come around by your family and you're just, you know that they're, <clears throat> excuse me, you know that they're there and just to be representing them and uh, I think is just the, yeah. the, the best feeling. And after right. 2015, right, 2016, seen many players over the year when they, they're up on that mm. pedestal and it's very hard to stay up there. And, you know, it was your first year you came under the radar, you came yeah. as the underdog, you came, nobody saw you coming. Now you've established yourself. Probably the most challenging part of a senior career. Yeah. But you turned around and nearly became footballer of the year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my second year. Yeah. yeah. Was there anything that you, you know, was, was there anything that you focused on that year? Because obviously you, you, your public profile was in a different place. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, yeah. you're now Brian Fenton mm. and it was a, you were a household name and you had to reach that standard. Like, was there, did you do anything different in 16? No, but I was, you know, you'd hear of, you'd hear <coughs> of this second season syndrome, you know, it was mm. a tag and, uh, I was just like, well, why, why does that have to happen to me? Like, you know, I was a bit like, on a bit of a grudge. I was like, you know, they're anticipating this for me already. Like, you know, we're gonna have any, we haven't even started the league or the championship or whatever. So, I don't know, it was just in training and it's just that, that atmosphere and culture in, in the dressing room in Dublin that there is no airs or graces. You are, there's no egos. You're not allowed to have an ego because it's just called out. Uh, and that helped me massively, as you say, you know. Cause and you get that you know, raw honesty. Someone yeah, it's raw. You, if someone, honest, get, someone exactly. gets carried away with themselves, they're called, they're called yeah, out, no put back on there. And it's encouraged, you know, I was obviously a young player, but I was encouraged to call out the senior players. Likewise, yeah. they were encouraged to call out me. And it's just, and it's not in a negative, but it's all for the It can be the nearly done in a fun way. Now. Yeah, exactly. It's all for the betterment of the team. The lad might say it as a joke, but you know that it's, he's, he's, had, a, he's, he's had, a had a conversation. Yeah, he's yeah. having a conversation with someone that, you know, this is actually thought about. Um, so yeah I don't know I was just I, I knew myself that this you know I don't know I was just in me I was like one isn't enough you know I just yeah. you know you want more you want, you know, and uh, being in that engine room against what I, I, know it's, I have to say probably what was a great Mayo team but yeah. they're you know they have to get back there um, what was it like you came up against a few big hitters in that midsection yeah. in, in, in 16 and I, and I will and the, again and you know you look at you know, hopefully Tom Parsons will come back playing this year and he's probably one of the toughest men I've marked all my career. But I remember in the 16 final, uh, you know, we were marked Shamey O'Shea and Tom Parsons and uh, sort of Shamey says, he caught a ball over me early in the game. I think it was the replay. He turns to me and says, let's see you today, young fella or something. You know, it was it was a sort of a, just, yeah. uh, you know, you, you, you are up there now and you're competing against these established, amazing, skillful, tough footballers. And, you know, you have to raise your game to, to compete. And but is that sort of stuff... That motivates you rather than is, yeah, is that, yeah, is that, that the wrong approach no, to you? Because you wouldn't be very, you wouldn't be that no, terrible on the field. Exactly, I wouldn't. It wouldn't make me swing dig or anything. No way. But uh, it, it 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 you know raises the heart rate a little bit to say right you know here we go and I I embrace it. I love it. I you know I, I yeah. buzz off the challenge and uh, look they've you know probably that day you bet me you know I'd say I was second best that day but uh, you know the next year it's like 
of people like 2018, you won Football of the Year or whatever. But now I'm like, she's in the final. I, you know, I'm constantly reminded I in the first half I touched the ball maybe five times, four times as a midfielder. You know, and that's you know you want to be getting 15, 20 possessions in a, in a half maybe. You know, so it's all great, but there's always you know little reminders and lads will remind you. And that's what's great about my close friends is that there's never a yeah. you are you know. You know, there's never a they keep you grounded. Con- exactly, it's always where whoever you meet, it's keep you grounded. Um, you can improve. You you know you better improve. You, yeah. you know, it's 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 an expectation rather than oh jeez, you know. And now being the best midfielder in the country, right? You're targeted. So now opposition managers, and for the last I suppose two three years, they see you as the the influential guy in the middle of the park that makes Dublin tick. And you heard numerous people say over the last couple of years, you know, if you stop Fenton, you know, you'll you'll go a long way to stop stopping Dublin. You know what I mean? There's a few key key guys. How have you how have you dealt with that? You've coped with that quite well. Yeah, it was because it's a difficult. I know it's a difficult part of the game. You can yeah. be very easily distracted by it, but I'm yeah. sure yeah. all Ireland final this year. You, you swung a few digs back in the day. We <laughs> well, I I, cer- I certainly can't say I coped really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, but like more. this year, like Tyrone would have, um, yeah. you know, you w- you would have been a focal point of Mickey Hart's strategy. And how do you deal with that? Is that something yeah. you've ju- that you're just mentally prepared for now? That you see yourself, okay, that's 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 my role. I'm yeah. gonna get it. I have to deal with. It. I have to accept it. Yeah, just I pre- I wouldn't consider myself the best midfielder in Ireland at all. You know, I just, very I, modest of you, but no. Anyway. But honestly, you know, you're looking at the likes of say Gary <laughs> Brennan and Claire, or you know David Moran, who yeah, there's great midfielders. I'm saying, you know, I you know, I'm, I'm just, I just to, <laughs> to say that there's always you know competition out there. It's like heavyweight boxers. You know, you might be might have the belt for a year, and then someone else comes back takes the belt. You know, it's just that yeah. to and fro. But anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. It was something that I struggled with at the start. Certainly, I remember the first day I got it. And it was just, you know, it was quite a crap game. And I was like, Jesus, this is, is this how it's going to be now? I won't have an impact on the game. But it was, I had great conversations with the likes of Karen Kilkenny, who was very tightly marked 2017 against Mayo in the final. Uh, and the likes of Dermot Connolly, who's constantly tightly marked. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was a completely different mindset and shift in mindset from as a midfielder because... As you'd know, midfielders get a bit of space, and you know, space, you, yeah, 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 and you, you know, you're not. But as you're, but you're also used to that space, and exactly, all of a sudden, exactly, yeah, you, don't have you know, it. all the way up, you're used to that space, and um, and and yet, all of a sudden, it's you know, it's like almost like so a corner, back, corner forward, yeah, you know, it's you know, their hand around you and poking you, and you know, you're getting it in the ribs and all around. So, um, yeah, it's something that I struggled with at the start to to find how can I impact the game here with in my scenario or my situation and conversation with Dermo. Bernard Brogan, you know, forwards who are generally used to it, um, backs who often give it, you know, who often mm-hmm. give that close attention. How, what does a back notice that a forward gets away from him? What does a forward notice that he can do to get away from a back? You know, it's just like trying to piece together all the bits of information in the dressing room that just I have. Fine, four or yeah, five yeah, things. Exactly, work, exactly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And luckily, you know, and it's all about, I, I was very, you know, I was nervous at the start because not on ball. It's like, geez, Jim's going to look the stats here. He's going to whip me off. But, you know, I had to switch that from being nervous about not being on the ball to being just patient and saying, look, I can, something is going to happen that will flip the, the odds in my favour. You know, I can, you know, maybe he'll feel fall away in the second half for fitness or, you know, I might get a score or a block or a high mm-hmm. catch or anything might happen to flip the momentum. And that to me was a, a big, uh, I, I don't know, turning point in panic mode to, 
okay, you, you might not have the impact that you had planned. You know, you might not score two or three points midfield, but you can have an impact on him and, and the momentum of, my, of our game and how you impact our team. So, um, and you know, I'm just reminded the All Ireland final this year was crap first half. Uh, you know, not crap, but it just wasn't the game. And I just got a dispossession before half time, two or three minutes before half time, and that to me just flipped the tables, yeah, yeah, the momentum. And I was, you know, something so simple. Mm. I said, you know, it's a near hand tackle. You practice them all year. You practice them all your life. Like, um, all are in a final. We go up the field and we get a point. And you know, where I think it puts us four or five points ahead, or maybe three or four. But, but is that is that one that, of the is that is that one of the team, the strengths of this team at the moment is that that they can deal with adversity. That you know, when you talk about the whole sports psychology of it, that, that you can have a bad twenty minutes individually or collectively. Yeah, but it's a 70 minute game and, and having that ability to turn around whether it's on an individual or collective basis that's probably one of the biggest strengths of the team yeah I, I would say so yeah and you hear you, you know you listen to the likes of Bruno now and Bruno Brown he's you know he, he's got he's seen the game go from a, an out and out corner forward man on man battle to he's now a corner forward where there's 15, 20 lads in front of him and how his game has shifted and how corner forward's game shift to just something that they're not used to and this is the way the game has gone but mm. um yeah, I don't know. It's just it's it's funny, but <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it just naturally happens. Yeah, but it, it is. But it is. It's the it's the mindset of the the team, the group. That you know, you have to stay patient. And the worst thing you can do is see red and strike out and you know pull a fella down. Yeah, what, what, what's your views around mental preparation for games? Oh, it's huge. I think. Yeah, yeah. When did when did you when did you buy into that concept? Uh, it probably took me a while. I think because it's so natural and sitting down with your with your breath and this mindfulness, but. I was, you know, the more I read and more I heard about it, you know, the Navy SEALs do this stuff, the, the highest performing NBA teams do this stuff and American mm. football teams do this stuff. And, well, if we can get an edge off it, let's do it. And, you know, a, a yeah. lot of GA teams are doing it now, mm. of course, but it's something that's been brought in and it's just that, you know, the, 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 the reaction time between something happening to you and your decision to respond. So your decision being, I'm going to clock this lad, you know, but... That sort of ten seconds, which maybe like me again. Yeah, yeah it's just <laughs> I'm lining him up here in the studio. Um, but you know that reaction. Geez, I'm getting a belt there. I want to hit him back, or you want to do something, or call the referees. Yeah. But just if you, if you, if 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 an opponent thinks you're impenetrable, then yeah. you know, I don't know, he might give up the fight. Maybe, yeah. but we'll see. We'll see in 2019. Uh, yeah, and but this year also you added another dynamic to your game, scoring. Yeah, it was just I don't know. I probably look back. There's stats there that you know that you know one whatever it was one thirteen the championship yeah. yeah so you know that wasn't it it wasn't a, well it probably was you know like 2017 I would say wasn't as a successful as a year for me now, you know, I was grand I started every game and don't get me wrong but I certainly started 2018 saying I want more for myself in a game. Uh, I want I think, to I think help the team. I think you're allowed to have like a yeah, yeah, love. slightly above yeah, average yeah. year. Um, <laughs> yeah. So 17, I was like, what, what was I doing wrong? I was looking back on games. I was like, geez, I could have clipped a score there. Like, you know, I was on. I was like, not like outside the 45 or anything, you know, outrageous stuff. But I don't know, there was just a, a bit of a, you know, nervousness in my shooting, I would say, last year. And uh, this year was just something consistently, every training session, and it's part of the training session. It's not, you know, I might do the odd individual session, but it's part of every skills block that we do is uh, just clip a few scores. And it's something that I've focused on, as, you know, back to myself this year something you, yeah, yeah. You, you've developed more confidence in yeah. in terms of not on the club scene but the inter-county scene yeah, now, exactly. now it just comes naturally yeah you know it would have been something the ball Raheem, goes over the bar exactly yeah with Raheem, you, you take shots from everywhere and that's that confidence mm. that you know 
But with Dublin, I was finding that, Jesus, that wasn't translating. Like, you know, I wasn't scoring. I wasn't impacting the scoreboard. So, I, you know, my first league game this year, I scored 1-3 from play. My first championship game against Wicklow, I scored 1-3. You know, so it was just... Mm. That was, that was my, you know, I was backing myself rather than, you know, laying it off, yeah. maybe. So unbeaten in championship, what does the future hold? Yeah, I don't know. How are you going to deal with defeat when it comes, if it comes? Oh, could you? It's, you know, <laughs> it's, it's coming, you know, no doubt. Of course it is. I might just retire now. <laughs> Release my statement, I'm gone. Um, no, but um, it's coming, it is, you know, and there's no, that's how sport well, is. Like, there's, yeah. a, you know, every, everyone in everyone comes the to history. Yeah, exactly. So whether it's this year or last, next year, 2019, 20, 21, hopefully, you know, it, it never ends, but uh, it will. And that's just reality. Like, But people say it to me, it's not something that I go around and be like, continue the record next year. You know, that's not in my mindset at all. That's just ridiculous. So I don't know, it's coming and I'll have to, you know, you obviously have to deal with it. Like everyone, you just shake your man's hand and suck it up and see how you improve and, you know, soak around the place for a week and... But, uh, you know, it's, it, the reality is it will come. That's sport. And James always reminding us, like, sport and life. Like, and I know that full well. You know, you take nothing for granted and I might get an injury. You know, anything could happen. You know? So I just, I'm enjoying it for now. And uh, and what's okay. life like at the moment for Brian Fent? It's been a busy few weeks. Uh, busy since we won the All-Ireland. Uh, extremely busy. <laughs> um, you know, it's a lot of stuff now. Uh, like, you, we would have been training with Rohini and we get a guest appearance from Kieran Whelan you know, down to talk to us and, you know, might have a final coming up. There's lots of that in the evenings. There was a lot, lots of Rohini games to tie up after since we won with Dublin. But it's just, uh, it's just, you know, try and enjoy the time off, you know, on a Monday evening, Tuesday evening, you're just, you're not prepping the gear bag. You're just sitting down. You might book a meal with your girlfriend. You know, you're just doing the normal day-to-day -day stuff. You're chilling you? out. But, you exactly. listen, you, we but you're all, always, we all know you're considered a huge role model and you do give a hell of a lot of time back. But like the club is something that's obviously special close to your heart I know three days after the All-Ireland this year you you know my dad happened to be in the club on a yeah. quite Tuesday night and you just rocked in on your own and sat up and had a few points for whoever was there yeah but seriously I think that was yeah you know it's kind of poignant you know a couple yeah. of days after the All-Ireland and, and a guy just strolls in on a yeah. Tuesday night when there's when there's nobody there and yeah, you know, yeah so I had the week off work so I was looking for whoever yeah. I, could, I could grab but uh, you're right now the club uh and every player says it, but to me, it's Rahini and those coaches that I mentioned at the start, the four lads, the impact they had on my career and the person I named. So there's Pat Ivory was his top dog. Then there's Paul Dempsey, Philly Kane, who are all still involved with Rahini. And then there's Christy Reid, who, who, who sadly passed away a couple of years ago. And they were just, you look back, they're the four men who, you know, they were under eights to under, or to minor, you know, they were there mentoring you in your ear encouraging you telling you what to do and it's the same all around the country mm. the, the impact that that first coach has or that you know I'm sure you could remember your favourite coach throughout all yeah, Dublin we, career, you know everyone can as well. exactly yeah, so it's yeah. just the impact people have on you but the club yeah I remember I remember going up on the Tuesday or Wednesday and, and Andy your dad was there and just you know that to me I love that like you know just sitting in with lads who have invested in the club all their life who live in Rohini and for for them to turn around and buy a point, say well done, that's as good, you know, that to me is as good as anything, you know, just mm -hmm. the, the, the the bit of pride that you bring your community and, you know, walking through, buying the, the, the shopping in Super Value and a kid looking up at you and, you know, when you mm -hmm. ask for a jersey and the mom just, just you know, you hear whispers, that's, that's yeah. Brian Fenton as you walk by, you know, it's, that to me is like, not in a, an arrogant way, but to think that, you know, nice I would have been, been in Rohini and you'd walk by me and 
it'd be like Jesus Wheelow was you know down the park or Wheelow's my manager and you know to think that that's gone full circle and I, mm. I can be that person now is but you're a huge huge family guy yeah. as well like uh, you know remember the All-Stars last year with all the lads that's fecked off elsewhere you were up dancing with your sisters <laughs> yeah, yeah. and your dad it's probably the dancing thing oh, going yeah, back into it as well, as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, but it is they're, uh, your sisters and your and your dad and obviously your, your mum who passed yeah. away they're, yeah. they're a huge part of your life well. yeah, yeah always uh, I just think you know we could, I'd say to people organising the All-Stars are sick of me like I'm always you know as a player you get two tickets and then you're entitled to two more for your family and yeah. I'm always sending emails like any chance of a few more <laughs> tickets because the girls are always delighted to be there but those occasions I think match days uh, when your family are there as I said walk around knowing they're there the buzz at, they all go to uh, Gaffney's after the match have a pint to hear those stories you know I remember we won last year in 17 and I remember we were on the bus you know the, the guard uh, escort and you're passing by Gaffney's and I spotted them in the crowd and you know it's like Gaffney's is carnage jump like, off the bus. Carrying, yeah, and you know you just spot them and it's just how how could I spot them in a crowd of 300 people like you know yeah. just I don't know there's something mad about it but to, to, to share that with your family for them to enjoy those occasions for them to you know in work people are saying Jesus saw Brian and you know they I don't know just to have that impact on your family and look no doubt it's it's kept it's been a bit of a glue for for the family you know mm. but their girls are living elsewhere dad's still at home with, and I'm still at home with dad but you know it's it's a glue that brings families together and I'm sure like, they all have families have every occasion to get together but for us it's those special days during the summer and the league where they're, they're all there they book work off and it's just you go home you have a couple of couple of drinks you have the bag of chips from the chipper you know it's just <laughs> those days are magical and yeah, you know it's yeah. something that is probably overlooked in the inter-county bubble but I always you know I try to get back if we have any chance to slip out of the Gibson Hotel back to Rahini for a pint before we meet up with the lads again after championship game that evening I'll try and do it because luckily it's close by and just to go in and sneak in under the radar and, and shake down a few club lads or whatever is uh, is special yeah. to me. Well, listen, come here. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. It's hard to believe you're still only 25. We might do a second one of these <laughs> in, 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 <laughs> in another few years. years yeah. uh, but listen, thanks for coming in today oh. and really enjoyed the chat. Yeah, it's been special. All right. it's, All right. it's been good. Thanks, thanks for me. Cheers.